New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 507. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and very pleased to have Greg Hutana from Gorilla Technology joining me today. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump in. Lots to dive into and chat about today. Uh, our fair share of uh, local things to talk about, Greg. Um, I thought though we would we would start just with some uh, some news bites as, as we have been a little bit recently. So uh, first up, uh, TikTok and WeChat they were expected to be banned in the US, uh, but that's been averted for now. So um, we will uh, we will sit back and await uh, Donald Trump and his administration in terms of how that plays out. Uh, the Oracle deal that we talked about last week with uh, with TikTok, the situation on or what we know about that has uh, has changed. So it seems now as though uh, TikTok will uh, be a separate business rather than primarily owned by uh, Byte Dance and uh, actually run you know, pretty much out of the US. So still more details to come, but uh, it's very much an evolving story. The other uh, news bite I wanted to cover was uh, I was hearing yesterday about Australia's NBN or the National Broadband Network. Uh, apparently they're going back to focus on fibre, rolling out fibre again. Uh, so I, you know, I guess during the, uh, the COVID-19 lockdowns, there have been been a, a fair bit of frustration in Australia over their um, subpar broadband, and so uh, the uh, the current current government, who were also uh, in power some sort of seven years or so ago, and who pushed back the initial uh, plans, which was to make their whole network, um, you know, pretty much focused on primarily on fibre, uh, they pushed that back to using um, you know copper, I guess VDSL like we've had in New Zealand sort of prior to the move to fibre. Uh, but now they're, uh, they're switching tack again and they're saying, hey, we're gonna, we want to get fibre out to, out to the large majority of, um, of homes and premises directly. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very interesting to hear. That certainly left a, a bunch of people up in arms in, in Australia just over the frustration, the politicking and, and, and so on, the, the backwards and forwards and the extra costs associated with um, um, meanwhile, here in New Zealand, we uh, we enjoy some absolutely incredible broadband. So, into the topics of the week. Uh, now, talking non-fibre, Spark have announced what they're calling the Unplanned Metro, first unlimited 4G fixed wireless broadband plan. Uh, so they're saying that they're uncapping wireless broadband for nearly one third of New Zealand addresses. So this is a, uh, a scenario whereby uh, if you're in a, if you're in an appropriate sort of area and you choose to go with their uh, their wireless fixed fixed broadband, which you know, of course you can get set up at a moment's notice. You don't need any uh, uh, fiber um, or you know fixed connection, and uh, and and away you go. Of course, there are differences between the sort of performance that you that you uh, get on that type of connection, but there's a lot of flexibility. And the main limitation, I think, with uh, with fixed 
uh, wireless, other than if you know if you run into uh, limitations on the on the performance front, the main issue has been that these constant uh, data caps. So what they're saying is um, they're on their un- unplanned uh, metro, where previously customers were limited to maximum of 600 uh, gigs a month, which is you know a lot more than we used to we used to get. Even uh, even you know, eighteen months ago, uh, in in terms of uh, download, so that is moving to uh, to basically be unlimited. So yeah, this one's going to be really interesting to watch. They're talking uh, eighty five uh, eighty five dollars a month for those who are using over one twenty gigs. So using the unlimited uh, option, and if your uh, if your usage is uh, is lower than that. Uh, then it goes as low as $65 a month. So, yeah, pretty pretty convenient, I would think, Greg. I mean, there'll be Absolutely. there'll be um, you know an interesting sort of you know mix of of scenarios of uh, you know families and and individuals that uh, would use this type of connection. Um, but you know, I think having having the choice available is a good thing, and of course, uh, Spark are on that move to uh, to five G as well, which will deliver some pretty pretty impressive um, perf- performance, right? Yeah, and I think as more and more people are watching the you know live streaming um, applications at home on their devices on their TVs, it's just more and more data consumption. It's just the way to go. They don't really have an option, do they? Yeah, well, it's it's obviously a reflection that their network is actually capable of of keeping up in places. Now, the you know the flip side is you can't offer this to an unlimited number of of customers because there just won't be enough performance to to go around because you're dealing with that uh, you know effectively sh- uh, shared uh, bandwidth when you're talking about uh, wireless broadband. But yeah, having that option available in in New Zealand, we've often you know heard about these things in other parts of the world. But uh, having having it here, I think is uh, is really pleasing. Now uh, this uh, last week we had Apple announce their uh, their new uh, Apple Watch Series Six. There's an Apple Watch. SE uh, and a new iPad that have arrived along with a raft of updates uh, from uh, a software perspective. So uh, no doubt for anyone using uh, iOS, uh, iPad OS, um, you will have seen those updates uh, starting to uh, starting to flow through. And um, I guess the the trick is there actually probably you know if you if you haven't sort of figured out some of the uh, some of the new you know capabilities, the home screen widgets. And so on that have uh, yeah, finally landed on uh, on iOS. Then it's worth uh, you know getting on online and uh, you know watching a video too, or or using some of the guidance that's within iOS in terms of um, you know trying those things out. So um, I'll be looking forward to trying out the uh, the the new Apple Watch uh, in the next next little while and uh, sharing a little bit about that. But nice to have the uh, the sleep tracking uh, finally uh, finally landing for. Um, Apple Watch users, we've seen that on uh, just about every other wearable uh, platform. Uh, so yeah, good good to see Apple uh, coming to that party as well. Um, and the other uh, the other interesting announcement uh, this week has been Tesla's battery day. Now 
that was yesterday, and there, there seemed to be a you know a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of hype about this as as there was when uh, Tesla did their autonomy day, which probably going back uh, must have been going back about eighteen months or so. Because I was just uh, looking, the registrations come up on my Tesla uh, Model Model Three in the last week, and uh, had to renew that. So I must have had that for twelve months, and it was probably about six months before that uh, that I, I watched the uh, the autonomy day. Uh, video uh, from Tesla and that really helped push me across the line that uh, but my question is when is the truck arriving Paul well that's a real it's, it's a very good point Greg uh, that, that toy you've got currently has become old school we want the new toys uh, please boss. Uh, uh, no it must be very hard I mean I was just thinking about with Apple as well how do you continue to keep the momentum the excitement especially at a time when you know there are more pressing needs in the market um, you know how do you keep things fresh and um, and, and you know Tesla obviously works very hard with Elon Musk to kind of keep themselves in the centre of a conversation. Yeah, and uh, they, they do they do a pretty good uh, job of it for you know for for all sorts of reasons. Uh, sometimes they get it right. Sometimes Elon gets it uh, gets it wrong. Uh, certainly well known for uh, for being uh, over optimistic with uh, with his his dates and the the, the autonomy day announcements last year uh, were were a pretty good uh, example of that in in some regards. Uh, I guess that. You know the the big thing that seemed to catch the headlines was that Tesla are going to come in with an even lower cost autonomous, you know, semi or semi autonomous, whatever you want to call it, but electric vehicle being uh, that you know their 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 uh, central play. But I think that autonomous part will will still keep attracting attention. Uh, they're talking maybe three years off, twenty five thousand US dollars. So you can imagine in the New Zealand market, by the time we add on GST and you know whatever else, we're probably uh, we're probably looking, and this will depend on exchange rates at the time and so on, but probably around fifty thousand dollars, which is a, a much more accessible price point. There are so many cars, uh, you know, that are sold into the New Zealand market that type of price point, you know, already, and and then you know you. End up with you know a really uh, a very mainstream electric vehicle, and you know there already are one or two, one or two vehicles uh, you know that are that are either approaching that price point, or um, there's the new MG that that comes in. I think pretty much if I've got it right, it's around 50k. Um, actually, I need to check that figure. Maybe maybe it's 60, but I had a feeling it was it was 50k. Uh, and of course, that's not the um, the British MG of old. It, I mean, it's still the same brand, but it is a, a Chinese company now. So, um, you know, what Tesla are really are working to do is to become that mainstream electric vehicle company. And the the announcements yesterday, being Battery Day as well as their uh, annual general meeting, there was. A huge amount of depth. Now, those that have that have got the time to really uh, delve in and watch uh, watch that video online, I think the whole video with intros and outros, and there's a lot of wait time in there as well before it actually kicked in, was over three hours. But there's yeah, there's probably around um, oh, in the direction of two hours worth of, of reasonable content. And of course, there's there's usually one or two people that go through and cut those things up and and give you a, a, a sort of small a slice, but they really delved into the, the challenges currently of building 
batteries at scale for the 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 level that they want to reach, both for uh, cars and uh, their their coming trucks, and also for other uses like powering homes. And you know, South Australia's got you know the, this massive um, you know grid of Tesla batteries that's really helped with uh, their big power outages and power interruption type uh, issues, and it has been a huge success story. So yeah, as as they uh, as they progress, they're really working on how can we produce the the uh, the scale of batteries and uh, and power, um, but without having to build. And they talked about their their goals. I think over the next. Uh, decade roughly and they were saying to to achieve what they want using the current manufacturing they would need uh, I think 134 um, basically uh, man- manufacturing you know plants so uh, not not really uh, very very practical so they've worked out a way to really um, maximize what they can get out of their manufacturing sort of facilities and they're, they're looking to really uh, massively scale that and I, the the unknown thing here is just how disruptive will they be in this space you know is what they're doing so far ahead of all of the other automakers and if they've got their fingers so well on the pulse with the battery technology that they will be able to you know completely dominate as their share price sort of suggests now because they're worth something like you know twice Toyota and you know their their you know their their uh, uh, valuation uh, now basically you know, their market cap is uh, you know is just through the roof and, and continues to grow so well, it's, a, it's a tough you know, it's tough to oppose that technology in the sense that, you know, once the general public say, you know, like this stuff is safe, we can trust it, we're not hearing continual stories in the media about a breakdown of Tesla, breakdown of whatever, breakdown of whatever. So suddenly you're going to purchase a new car in 2021, 2022, and it's like, hey, do I want to pay petrol for the lifespan of this car or do I want to pay, a, you know, a much reduced electricity bill? And it's kind of, just in the math alone, it's kind of... It, it, it certainly gonna, will. Yeah, I think we'll start. We'll it. start to fall in that direction. Uh, and I think now it's really either the cachet of the brand or that commitment uh, to the future of the planet. Those are probably the two uh, pretty compelling biggest, stories. You know, the, well, not just the cachet of the brand. Obviously, yeah. you know, the capabilities of, you know, of of Tesla's um, vehicles and and the brand cachet. If if it's just you know one electric vehicle versus versus another. Um, but it 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 is it's continuing to look like a very compelling story. But I'm ever hopeful that we you know we end up with a very competitive playing field that doesn't just address say the electric part, but you know we get other players who are you know really delivering fully software or updatable uh, vehicles, and that that to me is just massive in terms of how uh, the you know the Tesla you know continues to shine. And it's not just the software updatable; it's even that ability to change out uh, components so you know for those that have got a Tesla that's uh, you know maybe a, a couple of years old and you know last year we had uh, the the introduction of their uh, their newest full self-drive computer 
uh, those that have got an earlier car are able to upgrade, which is it's just you know it's completely unheard of within the uh, auto industry, but so so necessary. You know, why should a two-year-old car be something where you're frustrated? You've got old technology, and you sit there knowing that the only way to fix it is to buy a new vehicle. Yeah. So, I I um I remain um you know very very positive about <laughs> about Tesla, and certainly they're stirring up the market. I think in a in a fantastic way so long may that continue and uh, we will we will wait and see here in New Zealand of course if Elon's talking about a a $25,000 US car uh, that's three years away in the US well it could be five years away here in New Zealand and yeah the actual price when it hits somewhat unknown because even in the US it's reasonably hard to get a Model 3 for the $35,000 target price point although it is it is uh, possible but they don't tend to list that particular model on their uh, on their website so that they try and eke out a little bit more from uh, from buyers but yeah exciting times now looking uh, looking closer to home at at New Zealand Greg this is an area I really wanted to delve into with you was just around uh, technology with older uh, friends and and family members or you know retirees and so on maybe those that are that are less uh, technically savvy and it, it's and it's not just uh, you know older um, older folks that can fall into that category and of course we've got uh, you know older uh, members of our community who are absolutely on the cutting edge technology wise as well um, but you know I, th- I think of my my own family where you know my, my father was at the cutting edge of technology uh, in his working life um, but doesn't have so much interest uh, these these days and so you know he was he was you know basically you know coding and whatnot for uh, uh, for a, you know a pretty big part of his his career and working with uh, tech technology of a somewhat bigger scale than what uh, than what we usually do today, uh, but you know he's got his Mac and his, his smartphone uh, these days, and you know we have varying levels of this uh, across, I guess our uh, our community, and you and I were sort of chatting about some of those challenges. Um, you know, one of the simple ones we've talked about before is just, yeah. You know, there's a segment of the community that doesn't install apps on their uh, on their on their phones. So that would be one area, right? We can help uh, at the moment for those who uh, may be getting a, a, a little bit um, uh, sick of scribbling their name and, and details down on a paper list when they you know they enter certain uh, stores and so on. Uh, just getting helping them get up and running with the COVID tracer app, yeah. Yeah, even just that alone I mean we had a situation this week where we've had an auntie come stay with us you know New Zealand of course with families extended family is normal so she's come and stayed with us because her health has declined a bit but uh, so we've just been reviewing a few things for her and one of them was her technology and <laughs> we found out she's been paying an awful lot for a phone that's not even a smartphone but but she's been on the plan for a long time and so you know the, the telcos that provided these plans 10 12 years ago whatever it is you know, at the time, those prices were bang on. But, of course, these days, the, what she's paying now is exorbitant. So we, we quickly moved to get her off that plan and onto a better one. Yeah, so you, even you were just telling me first, um, yeah. and we, we won't, 
you know, I won't ask you which uh, which telco <laughs> it was because this sort of thing yeah. I imagine probably could happen with with any telco, exactly. but it's it's certainly something that I'm keen to hear a little bit more from from our telcos about. But you were saying this plan was well over a hundred dollars a month, and in some months where uh, where she's doing you know regular calls to Australia, she could be getting up to a four hundred dollar bill in a month. Absolutely. And what what sort of level plan? Was appropriate because you've been able to get that. Reset well, that's right. When we when we rang rang the company and said, "Hey, this you know our auntie's been on this plan. It's ridiculous." And they said, "Oh, you're right. That is ridiculous." And they quickly made the changes. And now, of course, she's on a plan that you know allows her unlimited calling to the particular Australian numbers. I think it is. And uh, yeah, and probably unlimited whole, New Zealand plan and Australia. Forty dollars total. Yeah, probably and, unlimited unlimited. Yeah, her last well. bill that we got was that I could see was well over three hundred dollars Paul so yeah. you, you know and, yeah. and, and and we're not saying that the telcos you know necessarily to blame for that they don't you know they're just providing a service but what what struck out to me is that she was quite embarrassed to discuss it and so there's a, a little barrier there you know people don't want to discuss that they're getting ripped off if they know they are or even if they don't know they are they don't they just get on with their lives so it's one of those conversations if you you know if you've got your grandma or whatever who does use technology next time they're around an auntie just say hey let's have a look at your technology and see and have that kind of around the table discussion and just make sure you know they're on the right plan that they're using the technology well they you know uh, you know you can update the security um, on their phone if you need to and just make sure that's you know that their phone is current in terms of uh, you know whatever's out there that's trying to access you know people's data so I mean it was just it's just a great conversation to have with somebody, yeah I think so know. I think that is that is, a, that is awesome and yeah it is she's a, very it, grateful it's a little <laughs> bit of a wake-up call if that's you know if that's happened um, you know with in your group of family and friends, it's quite likely happening, you know, um, amongst many of our other our yeah. listeners. So we're checking. And the other aspect, I, I would say, also quite hard to to talk about and know how to uh, cover off, are the cybersecurity risks and scams that you know often are, can be quite focused um, on those who are you know, a little bit older, maybe less connected with what. You know, typical scams are you know people getting you know phoned up and asked for passwords. Oh, this is the bank here, and and so on, and just not recognising you know what what they uh, should do and what they shouldn't do. So yeah, there's there's definitely some education there that those that are uh, across what the risks are uh, can be taking with with family and friends and uh, and and being um, you know helping them just to be uh, um, to be a, 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 a chunk more cautious so yeah um now also on a uh, on a local front i was um reading about um Movac and look, you know they they have been um, a great in, investor in uh, in a bunch of uh, of Kiwi you know tech tech businesses, startups and and growth businesses. Now they're uh, launching uh, their Movac Five uh, fund and. Look, I I love seeing investment into news, you know, New Zealand sort of interesting, innovative uh, firms, that particularly in the in the technology space, of course. And so it was really pleasing to hear that this uh, fund five they've got 
they have uh, Kiwi Wealth, which uh, I think is what uh, what started out as, as Gareth, or used to be known as Gareth Morgan uh, Investments, and, and now comes under that Kiwi Wealth uh, banner, which is associated uh, with, with Kiwi Bank. But their Kiwi Wealth, Kiwi Saver scheme um, has become a cornerstone investor in this uh, new Movac 5 fund, which is uh, ex- expected to attract somewhere in the uh, 200 to 200 50 million New Zealand uh, dollars and they'll be you know very much focused on uh, on te- you know tech uh, startups and uh, and and growth firms. So what I like about this is it gives that opportunity for you know any Kiwi to be able to uh, you know be involved in supporting the local technology uh, ecosystems and as those uh, you know, organisations uh, that they invest in do well, then you know ultimately that uh, that that comes uh, back to them and the growth of uh, uh, their their Kiwi Saver here. So, um, what's your thoughts on on this, Greg? We've we've talked a bit about you know Kiwi Saver, um, you know over the over the years, and um, you know it's one of those th- I think questions that often comes up. People are either on a default fund, and of course you know for more on this subject, people can dive into the NZ uh, Everyday and. Investor uh, podcast uh, on the podcast New Zealand Network records here in the in the same um, studio most of the time here in Auckland. Um, but uh, yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts on this particular uh, opportunity? Yeah, I just think it's uh, any story around Kiwi Saver is a great story. I mean, I remember back in the day there was no Kiwi Saver, <laughs> and I think of myself, I'm not a great saver, but of course I've got all this money apparently sitting in my Kiwi Saver that just kind of has appeared there over 20 years of working or whatever it is so it's kind of magical in that sense and to see that these companies that people like this gentleman you know see this huge value there and want to expand on that value for Kiwis and give them opportunities to be involved I mean it's just amazing um, because most Kiwis again we don't have huge savings sitting in our banks you know it's not not kind of our culture yeah whereas yeah. this is this kind of format of Kiwi savers forced us to have some money set aside yeah uh, for those that are involved and I, I just think it's incredible and, and to see this kind of stuff going on you know people wanting to connect to that fund yeah a fund that never used to exist it's pretty cool I, I think it's brilliant it is yeah, yeah. and the other one um, last year was that uh, the ice house and uh, Kiwi saver um, um, entity Simplicity last last year uh, got together along with the support of um, Stephen Tyndall's uh, K1W1 um, investment um, entity and they launched their uh, new new startup uh, Icehouse Ventures, which through Simplicity, uh, Kiwis are also able to uh, to get involved with. So, yeah, it's nice to see these options be- becoming available, and the idea of being able to, uh, you know, through KiwiSaver support that local ecosystem but more than likely um, and this is not investment advice but you know more, more than likely in my in my you know humble um, you know opinion um, you know do reasonably well over the you know over the long term if uh, if you know what we've seen in in the past with uh, with tech startups uh, continues so yeah it'll be very uh, very interesting to to see and you know particularly as other businesses you know continue to be more uh, disrupted, then you know I would I'd I'd 
you know, personally be uh, uh, be taking more more interest in those uh, firms that are, are really leveraging uh, technology. So probably, yeah, ver- probably a lot pleasing. of caution around KiwiSaver too. It's not it's not kind of a rogue fund that could go south in a hurry because you know it's kind of tied to the land to, to New Zealand it's got roots so it's it, it's far less likely to to fail because somebody jumps on board and then rips you know <laughs> tries to, to do crazy stuff on that kind of platform I don't think that's what how it really works so the chances are is that you know not never a safe bet but you know, it's kind of that's we're more connected to it. Yeah, it's not some foreign way over there. We don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, yep. a little bit more accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now looking at uh, gadgets and technology, a few bits and pieces I've been using uh, recently: the GoPro Hero Nine uh, over the last uh, few weeks, and that's just just become available. Uh, now, since our last episode uh, to the public, that was uh, launched uh, in the last uh, well less less than a week, and yeah, this is is quite interesting. I was you know, curious when I heard from uh, from GoPro and saying, "Hey, we you know we want to introduce you to the new device," and and this has sort of become um, you know very much an annual cycle for them, as it is for so many technology companies. And so, you know, those that are interested in this uh, in this technology, kind of, you know, sitting waiting to see, well, you know, what have GoPro got up their up their sleeves this year? And from the bits and pieces I had I had uh, read online, I wasn't expecting too much. And look, we're we're in a time now where so much tech innovation has been done. It's a little bit hard to saturation, you know, yeah, to to expect. Um, there to be able, them to be able to move that much more. The, you know the market's usually saturated with lots of different uh, options, and yeah, what what is there that they could uh, they could deliver? So yeah, I was a little bit surprised actually that they've um, that they they didn't just use the same um, case as as last year. They tend to sort of you know keep a similar design. Um, you know, usually at least for a couple a couple of years, um, and it w- it was in some ways uh, similar. But they've actually got a you know a bigger GoPro this year, uh, which I like because what that has allowed them to do, and probably the key reason for it, is to increase their battery, make it fifty percent uh, bigger, which of course leads to leads to increased battery life and an ability to to do some of the new things that they've got. So they've added a colour screen uh, on the front. Uh, not the first to do that because DJI did with that uh, last year as uh, DJI came into the market to try and compete with uh, GoPro. Although they, they you know, I don't think have attracted the same sort of attention uh, as GoPro with their um, their product. Um, so you've got that sort of full colour um, selfie display and and um, and so on on the on the front, um, and also display sort of varying you know battery meters and other things. Last year they moved from a removable lens to or a replaceable uh, lens to just having a fixed lens. They've actually flicked back in a way and so there's now a removable uh, lens which if you smash up your lens is good and they've also got this new super wide angle lens which is is really really cool. You know technically it's, um, you know, it's quite interesting if you don't tell the camera that you've got it on and I haven't tested this yet but I saw some footage from somebody else that does a, a, a glorious fisheye um, but it, it gives you this you know huge um, 
wide angle, which is similar to what we uh, what we get with GoPro uh, Max, which is their full 360 degree camera, where you've basically got a a, a very you know super wide angle uh, lens on the front and on the rear, and you can attach that and get get uh, that that um, uh, view from any angle, which is pretty cool. And they've bumped up the uh, video resolution from 4K to 5K, which doesn't sound like like too much but actually uh, you know it's something like 70% more uh, pixels total so there's actually a lot more data going through uh, the camera if you're shooting at that resolution and it opens up a range of other uh, options and they've got this um, awesome um, horizon leveling so uh, you know if you're if you're using the camera maybe just just holding it they've already had uh, you know the super super um, you know smooth uh, smooth video for you know when you when you're shaking it moving it that, that goes well beyond what we're used to on our smartphones um, but this also keeps the horizon leveled so you know you're running along with you know wearing one of these you're riding it on your motorbike or you know anything that you're using it for climbing a mountain jumping out of a plane all those sort of fun things as well um, there are there are a range of scenarios in which it will give you a much better um, you know footage than we've seen seen before by keeping that horizon um, straight and it does that inside the camera now which it didn't didn't used to so yeah but a bunch of good good stuff there from uh, from GoPro and yeah it's um, I think often a, a, you know a hard time for companies that don't have you know a broad range of of offerings you know DJI have all these drones and so on and then have you know ta- tagged on um, an action camera but you know GoPro are, are really all in as a as a as the action camera sort of company and um, I th- you know I think it's it's good to see that they're, they're still around they've still got a niche in the in the market and actually coming out with uh, with a pretty good product the other thing they've done in uh, recent months is they've uh, added on a capability they've I think they've released it for Mac it's in beta for Windows which is to be able to turn your high-end GoPro into a webcam so with you know so many people uh, doing zoom and teams and those sorts of meetings from uh, from home or even from work because other staff are at home um, it allows that sort of really stepping up of the vi- of the uh, the video quality now in an ideal world, my th- thought is that this should just be a pure sort of plug-and-play type option, uh, like a webcam. You plug it in, just automatically picked up by your operating system, and away you go. Uh, it's not. Does require a, a, a driver added to make it work, some software, um, but look, it's a it's a capability that wasn't there before, and don't, you know, I don't think too many people would uh, would complain about that. So yeah, good good to see. Um, GoPro uh, continuing to uh, to ref, you know refresh their range and and with yeah I think a, a product that's a that's a reasonable step forward and uh, yeah we have uh, we use a GoPro actually in the podcasts uh, New Zealand studio and very handy for getting that really nice wide wide angle right Greg we you know we found out of the different devices we had we just couldn't get anything else that would give a nice uh, clear wide angle. I mean, it, it's yeah, for what it's supposed to do, it does it really well, and um, it's interesting that to see with their advertising this round, it's just not 
endless videos of you know, adrenaline junkies jumping down gorges and like that. That's but, always there. That, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. always there, obviously. But of course, you, you can't live in that market space and that so otherwise you get that reputation and then people don't realise, oh, you can just use it, you know, in general walking and it's, you know, just general every day and you can use it for all sorts of other applications. So it's very clever of them to, you know, kind of tone that down a little bit. It's still, it's still there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know. And I, we we um, when I went to uh, with with the family to uh, Yosemite and some of the US uh, national parks, Zion, so on, um, go, going back, uh, what was that? Heading towards two two years ago now, I took the uh, what was I think must have been the GoPro Hero uh, Seven at that at that stage, and um, I was able to put it in uh, while we were we were in accommodation in um, Zion. Zion National Park and we just had this incredible uh, view out the window of our accommodation and I was able to uh, put it in the window and, and get a time lapse. They've now sort of moved forward some of that technology so you can sort of set, you know, you can set it to kick off at particular times and so, you know, if you want to get some of those incredible sort of, you know, moon rises and, uh, you know, varying other uh, sort of shots, then, you know, absolutely uh, they're, they're geared up with that as a, you know, as a standard capability, which I think is uh, is really neat. Because yeah, I I mean, I, yes, I have uh, jumped out of aeroplanes, but uh, not not for a few years. And you know, most of those adrenaline type um, things I don't do so much of. But uh, there are there are plenty of other uses for uh, for this tech. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to Having see. Having said that, if you've been in a Tesla from a standstill until <laughs> when you put your foot down, it, you might as well be jumping out of it a parachute. It's so. Incredible, the feeling. <laughs> it is, and yeah, we've, we've filmed all sorts. Um, my my uh, son Pablo and uh, one of his friends were up at uh, up at Clip and Climb, uh, great New Zealand uh, business, although now uh, French owned uh, the the broader uh, company. Um, great great startup story though, and um, they they were there in uh, in Auckland the other day, and we pulled out the GoPro to give it a give it a try and got some again some really neat footage, and um, you know the way it sort of you know it can. Uh, it can speed things up, and you know you've got these varying uh, varying modes where you know it can it can figure out what should be the right way to uh, to capture That's things. Cool. So, yeah, very neat. Um, so, yeah, thank you to uh, to GoPro for um, you know for their continued support of the New Zealand uh, Tech Podcast through making their uh, technology available, um, and also to Samsung, who are one of our uh, show partners, and they um, given us access recently to uh, the. The, the new uh, note, uh, which was uh, was was great to use, had to uh, uh, have sent that, sent that back uh, recently. Uh, always wish I could spend longer with the um, with the Galaxy Note because you know every year it just gets that little bit better, um, and I enjoy being able to use a smartphone uh, with a stylus. Um, but the uh, the other product they have, which I think is quite a good um, a good fit, probably for uh, particularly for Note users, but um, I mean there'll be a mix of people that um, you know that take an interest in this is the Samsung Tab S7 and S7 Plus that have launched here in New Zealand. So today I'm actually recording the show with you know my notes are on the um, the Tab S7 Plus and look as a uh, as a tablet I think Samsung have got to this point where you know, they have something that competes quite strongly with the other um, tablets in the market and of course it's the uh, the, the the Apple 
that uh, that really sort of you know sits there at the at the top of the stack generally with the iPad uh, Pro, and the Tab S7 is really designed as a um, you know really a direct compete with what Apple are doing, but uh, but and Android based. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to use that, and particularly uh, with their book cover keyboard. Now this gives you two pieces, so you've got the keyboard that attaches uh, for the front and closes over the front, and then you've got a magnetic uh, back uh, cover, and so that just holds on an entirely uh, magnetically, and it's got a little area you can fold back at the top and you can get to your um, S Pen, your stylus, and um, yeah, very, and it's got a kickstand sort of built in as well. So um, quite a nice, uh, quite a nice combo. Uh, the the S Seven Plus, which I've been using, twelve point four uh, inch screen. So you know, it's it's very workable. It also sort of crosses into that space of the Microsoft uh, Surface Pro, but with the with the Android operating system, um, and they've got a hundred and twenty hertz screen, so that higher ref- refresh rate uh, that that will you know no no doubt be of uh, some interest for um, you know for those who enjoy that with with gaming and and certain sort of uh, video type content having a higher refresh rate can um, can can help there so yeah look I, you know I think what what we've what we've probably seen over the the um, the last year uh, is yeah nice uh, yeah last year or so nice sort of step up in terms of you know the hardware the performance this is very very fast um, they offer it with Wi-Fi and I think LTE um, or or um, is it 5G actually um, for the New Zealand uh, market. So yeah, the, the Wi-Fi uh, models that I've seen available locally, uh, starting at 1249 for the um, the S7, the 11-inch model, and I think 1649 for the 12.4 uh, inch. 120 hertz uh, touchscreen. So, um, yeah, a fair investment. By the time you add on that uh, book cover uh, keyboard, does include the stylus, uh, but that book cover keyboard, 320 to 360, depending on uh, whether it's the S7 or the uh, S7 Plus. Um, how do I personally like it? Well. I've probably not drawn enough to say that I would make you know make this my um, my primary sort of go-to as a uh, as a tablet yet, but I also tend to like to use right across all of the ecosystems. So you know, in terms of if if Android and, and Google is your world, then yeah, it work it works uh, it works well, um, but. Yeah, getting used to the keyboard, a little bit of a challenge for me. The keyboard doesn't seem to work quite so well on your uh, lap. It's a little bit, um, the keyboard itself is quite solid, but the way it joins onto um, the tab doesn't make it, for me anyway, the um, um, quite the most, um, it, it, it's quite un-laptop-like in the way that that, uh, that joins is sort of a, a reasonably loose loose connection um, there. But on a, on a desk, no problem at all. Um, uh, the other thing for me is when you uh, when you dock it to a USB-C monitor, which is what I tend to do, whether at home or, or at the office, uh, if it's a wider screen, and this is a common thing across pretty much uh, any device that doesn't run uh, Windows or Mac OS, uh, if it's a really widescreen device, then it it doesn't handle it very well. So uh, in the case of the, the Tab S7 uh, Plus, on on my super widescreen, which is I think something like uh, 
32 by 9 aspect ratio, so it's equivalent of two standard monitors. Uh, it just stretches that, which uh, which isn't isn't so uh, ideal. And it also gives you, it complains that you're not using an official Samsung accessory uh, to dock it, which is somewhat frustrating as, as these days we have so many docking, uh, docking <coughs> monitors and not everyone's going to have uh, Samsung everything from uh, from start to finish so I think it's unnecessary for them to to be sort of pushing their barrow on the on that front um, but it does have the two modes we've got it in the sort of you know standard um, um, tablet tablet mode which uh, which works well and then the dex mode which is which is where it really turns into being more of a of a PC type device and and very similar to what we have um, on some of the other um, Samsung phones like like the S20 and uh, Note 20. So um, yeah, overall I think um, yeah encouraging to see how uh, how Samsung will move forward and certainly you know as you expect with Samsung making the displays you know stunning bright good display uh, great great audio um, yeah but probably for me uh, not yeah not what I would pick as as certainly as a full-time uh, sort of replacement for for a PC or a laptop but I think there are some people this you know is great for and I do love yeah the stylus the stylus support that side works uh, works really well and of course the Microsoft Office suite has been maturing quite a bit mm-hmm. um, Greg we use this a, you know a lot internally uh, here with uh, th- you know 365 you've now got that core Office app that runs on on any Android or iOS um, iPad OS device, and uh, just seems to work. You know, work pretty well, doesn't it? You jump in and uh, you can. You know, it, it shows you all your most recently used things, and uh, and uh, yeah, away away they go. Would have to be a pretty compelling reason to use something else at the moment, I would think. But I mean, it's just you know, everyone's different, so. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much between uh, between you know, Google uh, and Microsoft, things are, are pretty well sewn up there on that uh, you know product productivity front, and, and you know their, their apps are, you know work, working pretty well. So, yeah, good good to see. Um, now that that's it on the um, on the on the tab S seven. Uh, let me just jump. Back into my uh, notes here. Oh, also, HP have announced a raft of uh, new laptops, and we'll talk more about those uh, as we get a chance to actually get uh, get hands on with them. So, yeah, that uh, that covers pretty much everything for this episode. Um, so, thanks everybody for listening in. And you can catch us again next week, of course. But uh, I would like to say a huge thank you to our show partners who make the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, possible through uh, their support of the show financially and also for the support that they give to the the technology and innovation ecosystems here in New Zealand. Uh, So a big thank you to Sumo Logic, uh, actually just recently listed on the the stock exchange there in in the US. So it's, it's been great to watch their uh, journey, of course, from uh, I think we first had their uh, uh, their founder on the show going back uh, 12 to 18 months ago, uh, which was 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 great when he's here in New Zealand. Uh, also, thank you to Vodafone uh, New Zealand, uh, Spark, Vocus, HP, Samsung, Gorilla Technology, 
and our headline partner, Umbrella Connect. So yeah, thanks so much to those brands and thanks everybody for listening in. And just a reminder, uh, you can uh, catch some of our content on uh, YouTube, of course, and you can find us on social media across uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and Twitter. So that's us for this week. We'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya. New Zealand's tech podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.